Rampant OB. You guys have the best football show in America. I'm talking 48 contiguous states and Alaska and Hawaii. You are correct, sir. 28 coaches. We won two games. Two games. Adrian steps up over the middle. I think I was late to the one to Mooney, and I think that I was on time to the one to Tyler. Just good coverage, a little bit behind him, which is all me. The last two coaching staffs we've had here, there are not words to describe these people. They know nothing, nothing. In my mind, I'm gone to Carolina. Camp and OB, sponsored by your local Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com. I just want to know one thing, OB. What time is it? It's go time. Go Bears! Hampton OB, sponsored by your local Chevy dealer, ChevyDriveChicago.com. Andy Mazur alongside the fellows after a 16-13 Bears victory over the Carolina Panthers. And uh, it was uh, a less than thrilling game. Let's put it to you that way. What the hell was that? (laughs) It was ugly. What the hell was that? Folks, let me tell you something, and I'm not kidding. You're at home. you got a better roster, a better team against a talentless bunch of riffraff, and it comes down to just, you know, scratching at the end? Are you kidding me? What the hell was that? And I'm telling you, I, I've had enough of this Eberflus nonsense. Getsy, the whole bunch, that defense, and yeah, I got it. Okay, they got a punt return for a touchdown, and then we held them to, what, three field goals or whatever it was. It doesn't matter. When it mattered... We were not up to it. We couldn't stop them, and we're lucky by the skin of our teeth. They didn't get that field goal at the end. Folks, this game, I I wrote down it set the NFL back 20 years. No, it set it back 50 years. 50. This was pathetic, disgusting, and I'm sick. All pregame, OB and I sat there and watched, you know, the Fox people. Oh, this offensive line and Tevin Jenkins. They got his butt kicked. All over the place. And, uh, you know, our $100 million pass rusher, he didn't do anything. Nothing. Nothing. And I'm telling you, the schematics of the defense were awful. This little midget quarterback couldn't do anything except when the line opened like the Red Sea in front of him, he threw it to Thalen over the middle. Time after time after time. I'm telling you, that was sickening. Well, Danny, uh, there's not too much that that I could argue with you about uh, what you've just said. Uh, that game is uh, that was a one uh, was it one and seven where Carolina came yeah, in? One, seven. one and seven, and we were a two and seven team playing tonight on national television. And I'll tell you what, these two teams, folks, just just looking at it from o- offense to offense and defense to defense. This game was just god awful, just god awful. I mean, uh, but okay. So, like happiness and kudos to the Bears. They finally won a game. We finally won a game, but we won a game against a team that I don't recall. I don't know if I've ever seen an offense quite that bad for four quarters. I mean, they showed nothing. Carolina showed nothing in the running game. In the short passing game, intermediate passing game, in a deep passing game, absolutely nothing. And what Dan alluded to in his opening volley was that Bryce Young, my God, I, 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 for four quarters, 
there were so many avenues that were wide open for him to run that football. He could have ran for, my God, 15, 20, 30 yards. I couldn't tell you folks how many times maybe you people saw that also. And he never ran basically not one time did he take off when he could have. I, I don't understand that. That like a coach can't sit him down and his passes, his passes were late and they were behind his receivers. And this kid was the number one pick. Folks, that kid, I I can tell you this, Danny. You listen, this is I, I this really don't care about him. This OB. couldn't even be this couldn't be the first bad game this guy's ever played. That kid was terrible. He was worse last week. But the point being is, it's about us and us taking care of business the way we are supposed to Danny, take care of it. We, and we played down. We got into a, a fist fight with a pig. Danny, we it was a horrible game. I, I mean, I, there's no way that I could defend the Bears. Uh, their coaching, our Bears coaching, nothing has changed there. Uh Their play, their play selection. Um, I mean, this game was. I'm going to tell you, this was a horrible football game. If you're a true football fan and want to see something really happen, my God, we're on the back half of the season of 23, and this is the kind of football on national television. My God, you have quarterbacks that are very questionable that are on both teams. You have offensive linemen that are supposed to be good, supposed to be this, supposed to be that, and they're not. They're horrible. This was, uh, for me, it was, uh, I tell you what, I couldn't wait till the game got over with. It was just terrible. It really was. But again, somebody had to win. The Bears won. They won at home. So congratulations to the Bears for that. But that's about as far as I'm going to go with that one. You know, it was such a bad game, even oh my on, God, on national television. The second quarter was dedicated to Jason Kelsey, who made an appearance in the booth, and they talked. It was, it was like the Kelsey cast for a, two, for a quarter. That's how bad this game was. Nobody really wanted to talk about it, and I don't blame them, to be honest with you. It was terrible. Could you imagine? They bring in the center from the Philadelphia yeah, Eagles. On a bye week. Fly him into Chicago, okay, and have him talk. For, I don't know a quarter or two with yeah, it was with the uh, with the announcers about the Eagles or whatever and about his brother mm-hmm. and whatever. My, are you kidding me? Yeah. Well, they brought him in to be a deodorant against what was on the <laughs> on the actual screen, and they needed it because yeah. it was pathetic. It was awful, Folks, guys. We- what my point is this? Okay, they won a game. They won a game. If this was the very first game that Eberflus and this clown show coached, I would still be upset, but I'd say, okay, okay, this is a beginning, this is a start. We have now seen this nonsense for 27 games. And you're going to tell me that we have made progress? We have become a better football team than what we were when we kicked off the season a year ago? Are you going to tell me that? This was pathetic. Let's get to the calls, Danny. I, I couldn't. I, I couldn't argue with you. We're, they've gone backwards. Even though there was a win tonight, folks, you people that love the game, you saw it. Just series after series, quarter after quarter. My God, how bad could two teams play a game of football 
in the year 2023 in the National Football League. You just saw it tonight. Pathetic. Just pathetic. All right, our phone number, 312-981-7200. If you want to join the conversation here, talk a little Bears football with Hampton OB. Let us start out with uh, Mark in Broadview. Mark, you're up with Hampton OB. Go ahead. Okay, guys. I'm going to make this real short and sweet. Getsy's offense, uh, it's like arthritis. I mean, it's its its painful, and it's stiffness all over your body except where you need it. And we can't put it in the end zone. And I need to see Dr. OB. Mark, we we don't we can't score touchdowns. I mean, it, it, uh, our most valuable player is who? Our field goal kicker. He kicks the ball. I, I mean, out of the end zone, so they can't return it. He very seldom. I mean, the the kid really doesn't miss uh, field goals and extra points. And 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 could you imagine if we didn't have Santos on this football team? Think about what I'm just telling you. If we didn't have him on this football team, would we even win a game? Would we even win a game? Three one two nine eight one seven two zero zero. And let's uh, head back out to the telephone lines and bring in uh, Mike from Evergreen, Colorado. Mike, you're up with Hampton OB. Go ahead, bud. Hey, Hampton OB, first time caller. Uh, love the show. Uh, got some. I want to run by something to Hamp about uh, possible new coaches for the Bears because uh, I agree with OB. We need new coaching yesterday. What about Leslie Frazier? I know he's available. Ron Rivera is probably going to be available. And Jim Harbaugh. Uh, I want to know what you guys, uh, what your opinion is on that. And when's the last time the Bears won two games in a row? Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, Mike. All right. Uh- I love Les Frazier. He's a, a dear, dear friend. Folks. He's a good this, man. This, a good this, man. This guy here next to me has said this for the last five, seven, eight years that we've been doing this show. This game is about offense. It's about exploitation of defenses. Being smarter than the opponent on offense and scheming them. And if you have some special players, then you got a chance for it to take off. So it has to be an offensive-minded coach. Has to be an offensive-minded coach. Now, who is going to be available? I don't know. I don't know. But all I can tell you is I've seen all I want to see out of this bunch. Hey, let me just real quickly here. You got today's When the game ended, the Bears won this game. They scored 16 points. And they beat a team who's only won one game up to this point, and they scored 14 points. Four quarters of football. Two horrible teams that can't play offense, they can't play defense. And look what you saw. Look what you saw for four quarters. And how are these guys, what are they going to do? Back up to the paycheck line then and put their hands behind them and just try to grab the check and run out the door? You know, this Eberflus's hits principle and all that, it's all a, it, it's a joke. Oh, don't even talk to me it, about this It's a this joke. Guy, Let me tell you something. In the fourth quarter, late, I think, five and a half minutes left, we had the ball. We're clinging to a three-point lead. We're clinging to a three-point lead that we desperately need to make a couple of first downs, burn the clock, and stop this idiot show. But we can't do it. You know why? We have to throw a check down on three and or on third and five, 
And Lucas Patrick, the center, is is loafing so bad he can't get out there and block a linebacker that took off running from the free safety position and it makes the tackle on Foreman for a loss. He's loafing so hey, it's from top to bottom. It's unacceptable. And if you're going to tell me Magic Wand's going to be waved over this this idiocy and all of a sudden we're going to go to Detroit and beat the Lions, you're going to tell me that this this what we saw tonight will match up in 10 days against Detroit, in Detroit? You're, you're telling me that? There's not a chance in hell. I'm, I've seen enough. Well, I, I, again, Danny, I, you're, you're pretty fired up here, buddy boy, and, and, and rightfully so. Rightfully so. And, and I'm going to tell you, this, this coaching staff, which I had mentioned before, this one and the prior one, Nagy, I have, I've been around for quite a while. I've, never see, I've seen some bad coaches and some bad coaching staffs, some bad head coaches. These two guys, Nagy and Eberflus, they take the cake. They're, they win it in a runaway. This coaching staff and, and Nagy's coaching staff, I, I don't even know if some Nagy's guys, if any of them are still in football. But I'm going to tell you, that game tonight, we score 16 points. And we struggled mightily, folks. Do you understand that? We struggled mightily just to get a first down. To get a first down. To, to continue to move the ball down the field. We couldn't do that. Uh, I'll tell you what. I, 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 Dan, I know that what, what is there like about uh, 10 days now before we go to Detroit? And then there's, there's going to be some tough games coming up here. I think this is for the next few several games, there's going to be some, some really tough teams that we're going to have to play very, very hard, very flawless football to even stay with them in a game. But to score, score 16 points against this pathetic team, I, I tell you what, and win a game, I, I, it's to me, I don't know, I'm losing words here. By the way, the uh, the answer to that question: When the last time they won back to back games was weeks sixteen and seventeen of two thousand twenty one, so it's been almost two calendar years you since they won. Put that long put back to back games together. Yeah, wow. So that's the story. If you're there on hold, please stay there. We'll get to you after the news. Three one two nine eight one seven two zero zero. The Bears win it. Uh, yeah, they did win it, sixteen to thirteen over the Panthers out at Soldier Field. Hampton will be sponsored by your local Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com. Put a Chevy Silverado in your toolbox. Time now for the news, and here's David Jennings. Bears going for it on fourth down and four, trying to keep the drive alive, and they do to the 22-yard line. The pass is caught there by Tyler Scott. Hampton will be sponsored by your local Chevy dealers, ChevyDrivesChicago.com. I just want to jump in here real quick. And just, you know, we were talking about Dan uh, had a lot to say, and I would just uh, how pathetic this game was. In, in the 60 minutes of football tonight, the Bears won. Again, congratulations. But, folks, you know what we did here? We scored one touchdown on offense, and the Panthers scored none. The game was 16-13. to They ran a punt back for a touchdown. They played four quarters and did not score one touchdown. We played four quarters and we scored 
one touchdown. Let me say it one more time. Panthers did not score in four quarters an offensive touchdown. And the Bears in four quarters scored one touchdown. How pathetic can you be? How pathetic can the players be? How pathetic can the coaches be? How? How bad can they play? That, I'm telling you, I'm not making this up. The Panthers, in 60 minutes of football, never scored an offensive touchdown. And in four quarters, we scored one touchdown. Getzy, you are the absolute worst. 312-981-7200. To the phones we go. Let's go out to Chicago and say hi to Charles. Charles, you're up with Hampton OB. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, congratulations on the win. Uh, believe me, I know it feels like when you got to watch your teams uh, win ugly, but I guess you take what you get. But I also want to add real quickly, too, on the previous callers. I thought about Jim Harbaugh and want to hear what your thoughts, uh, chances would be on him becoming a Chicago Bear, depending on what comes out with the sign-stealing uh, scandal with the University of Michigan being investigated by the Big Ten. Uh, we'll see if there's something there. But the thing I will say about Jim Harbaugh, what the Chicago Bears need right now and need badly, because you look at a guy like when you had like Lovey Smith would probably be like the next closest guy they'll point to since Mike Dicka, since George House, right? Well, here's what, you know, like Mike Dick and Lovey Smith and kind of just like George Hallis, like when they took the job as like the head coach of Chicago Bears, they at least came in there with an attitude, especially more so Mike Dick. Like when he first interviewed Hallis, you know, he, he was asked by him, like, uh, what's your attitude, like, you know, for this team, like your objective? He goes, like, who are you kidding? You know, like, my attitude is just like, here's a lot of beat other teams, but, well, what happened with Lovey Smith? When Lovey Smith came in here, what was one of the first things he said? He wanted to, like, beat Green Bay. You know what I'm saying? So bring, like, an attitude with. And I think Jim Harbaugh can bring that and bring some pride there if everything's all clear. And plus, I think he knows how to work with many quarterbacks offensively. And one last thing I just wanted to say real quickly, and this is for you, uh, Ed. Uh, I know Matt Nagy. I, I know he gets a lot of grief, believe me. And, like, I... Got a guy like Mike Tomlin here. Of course, he's never had a losing season. You know, of course, been uh, playoffs quite a few times in his career. But I tell you what, though, you know, uh, as, as much as people want to trash like a guy like Matt Nagy, I tell you what, one thing, probably because he was getting the war from above, though, whatever he did, whatever he had the time to put a foot up some players' butts, get people uh, motivated and going, though, guess what? At least in his uh, four seasons, been to the playoffs, two playoff bursts, thirteen eleven. All right, Charles. Uh, Charles, let's, let's, let them answer 11. your question about Harbaugh. Okay, we we, got, we don't have as much time as you have. Today, All right, okay? if you're talking about new coaches in a new direction, Jim Harbaugh would be a terrific selection. And as far as that, that, that cheating and spying, all that nonsense over there, it's enough to drive him away from Michigan, which may be good for us. It may not be good for us if he goes somewhere else and comes back to haunt us. All right, let's get to the well, next Well, just real quickly here. Jim Harbaugh's making too much money, okay? He is the king up there, and it's going to take a lot to unseat him in any avenue, however it's going to play out, okay? 
He is the king up there. And for him coming to the Chicago Bears or an NFL team, why would he leave what he has built there, what he has built, and and he's going to leave that? And the amount of money that he gets paid, it'll never happen. Bears That's win my it. opinion. I'll bet you. Yeah, okay, Bears, let's go. Bears went at 16 to 13. Let's go out to Texas and welcome in Ed. Ed, up with Hampton OB. Go ahead. Uh, hello. Good evening, fellows. Um, I, I agree with uh, you guys that this was a, a pathetic uh, performance. Oh, God. However, I would like to propose uh, – Hamp likes to talk about silver lining. I would like to propose a silver lining – uh, going for the points at the end of the first half rather than run, 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 punt. And then also the decision to have Bajan throw the ball on third down at the end of the game. I would like to propose those two things as separate linings. And also, I think the Bears can beat the Lions because the Chargers could soften them up for the Bears. Uh, thank you. For All right, thank you. You're exactly right that, you know, instead of, you know, just trying to run the clock out with a minute 18 or whatever it was, they put on a nine-play scoring drive for a field goal to close it to one point. But still, that again, that was a silver lining, but my God, what a dark cloud we were playing under. 312-981-7200. We'll go out to Wisconsin and welcome in Dave. Dave, you're up with Hampton OB. Go ahead. Oh, guys, no, there is no silver lining in this game at all. You guys are honest and right. I was hoping you weren't going to soft play this thing tonight because this is just a disaster. I've been a Bears fan for 70 years. Born and raised in Green Bay, still a Bears fan. Dave, one offensive touchdown, one offensive touchdown with these two two teams uh, playing. You you can't make this stuff up. Yeah, There is no way in heck that they're going to even come close the next four games to any of those opponents. You have at Detroit, at Minnesota, then you come back for Detroit, and then you go to Cleveland. So we'll be 3-11. and 11. Did you hear our coach, like Tressman, did you hear him at halftime tonight when the gal asked him what he got going to say? He says, I got a bunch of surprises for us in the second half. What second half surprises did he come up with? We almost got beat, guys. You're exactly right. Did you hear that on national TV? Yeah. And then now this Padana's Prime Channel with all these guys that know what they really think they're doing here, they had just had Bajan on here, and I I thought they were going to hand him a a game trophy or say, this guy's the next Manning. He didn't do anything tonight, guys. We are going absolutely nowhere with this coaching staff, and it's really, really a shame all these years. All right, Dave. Well, Dave, thanks so much. We appreciate it. Yeah, Dave, it just shows you what happened offensively. My God. I, against this team that's only won one game, one game all year, they're 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 beyond pathetic, and we're at home and and four quarters we score one stinking offensive touchdown. Come on! Well, Scott is driving home from the game. We should give Scott uh, some some prizes just because he went to the game and is actually calling us to drive home. Scott, you're up with Happen OB. Go ahead. Hey, this is JK, uh, JK's friend, Scott. I, I want to know, as a Hall of Famer and as one of the most iconic voices in Bears players in OB, how can we give up first and 30, get a first down, let them get a first down to the worst offense in the NFL? I, I just, I've had season tickets in my family since 1940, and, and I, can't even, I can't even watch the game anymore. You guys are the best. Scott, I just hang, don't understand this. Scott, hang, hang on the line for a second, okay, bud? 
Yeah, hey, you're, you're exactly right. We were sitting there watching this. They got a, a you know, a, a, a muff punt or whatever it was. The punter, you know, decides to uh, blink or whatever and shank it. Now they got first in, in, in uh, first and ten on our forty. They get another a ten yard penalty, another pen, ten yard penalty. Now it's third and thirty, and I turn to Ob and I said, "Watch them pick this up." And I'll be damned if they didn't pick it up. Now that see, folks, that's what I'm talking about. The, you know, for whatever reason, for us to play a close game last week down in New Orleans, evidently this this roster came back thinking, oh, it was a moral victory and we're really great and our offensive line played great. Everybody played a horrible, horrible game. And that was so, you know, indicative of it. You give up a first and 30 and let them convert, you deserve to lose the football game. It was beyond sickening. All right, Scott, we appreciate your phone call. We're going to get you a $50 gift card to Second City Prime Steak and Seafood. We also actually have a winner, and if the Bears win, you win today's game. That's a $300 gift card to Second City Prime Steak and Seafood, courtesy of our friends at SecondCityPrime.com. Ted Flisk is our winner of the $300. bucks. it will roll back to, back to $100 bucks for the, uh, the next pregame show ahead of the Lions game coming up a week from Sunday. So uh, we'll look forward to that. Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois. Hot route! Hot route! Who brought it today? Looking at which bear played tough, played hard. And he's in. Deontay Foreman takes it in for the touchdown. Well, they were set up nicely after the punt. They go 38 yards. It's a four-yard touchdown. Nine plays, and Chicago takes the lead. That is who brought it today, sponsored by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois, the card to bring through it all. We've decided on Deontay Foreman. 21 carries, 80 yards, and the lone offensive touchdown for the and Bears. it was a terrific touchdown run. He almost had to do two spins to get into the end zone. And, and, and folks, again, the reason I'm so upset is, you know, all around, oh, this offensive line is playing good. Tevin Jenkins graded so. He got kicked around all night. We didn't block anybody. And Bajan, you know, of course, thank God, you know, they were bringing him out of the pocket as much as they were, OB. It could have been even a worse catastrophe. But for this offense, against that competition, that defense, without – name somebody on their defense. Name somebody. I'm you trying, can. yeah. And we score one, one touchdown. Against a 1-7 and seven team, folks. You can't make this stuff up. And I'm going to tell you. There, the, I, I, I'm looking at, at, at thinking about this whole thing, the first quarter, the second quarter, the third quarter, and we're in the fourth quarter, and I'm just wondering, when is this kid Bryce run? When is he going to run? There were so many times, folks, when he could have ran through the through the five gap huh, or the six gap on the stronger to weak side. He could have taken off. He'd still be running. He never ran one time. I'd love to ask Reich that question. Why wasn't your quarterback allowed to run? When, the, when he saw he couldn't make a pass, why didn't he run instead of forcing it or throwing a damn ball out of bounds? Happen to be sponsored by your local Chevy dealer, ChevyDriveChicago.com, 312-981-7200. Dave in South Florida, you are up with Happen OB. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, great show as always. I just wanted to piggyback on who, who I thought brought it, too. I think I thought uh, Kyler Gordon had a great game. He had a lot of tackles for loss. Uh, he was uh, sure-handed on uh, tackling. 
Well, I just also wanted to piggyback, uh, Mr. Hampton, on that drive you were uh, mentioning. The reason why we got into that drive, and I was just furious. I was I was throwing stuff at my TV. Uh, the first, the second down plays were just stupid runs up the middle. We, we're always playing to lose, or we're always playing not to lose, and never uh, going after the throat on these uh, on these game winning or supposed, you know, trying to get through the game at the end, game winning drives. You know, why don't we go on a first, you know, play action, get a nine or a ten yard pass. You get the first down, you put the pressure on them, they got to lose their timeouts, and then we wouldn't have had to go through that nonsense at the end of the game to, to make sure that they, they, they don't go on a, a, game, a game-winning drive. Good point, Dave. You're exactly right. And, and you know, I call it the, the getsy goulash. There's no rhyme, rhythm, or sense about what he is doing with an offense. And i got to tell you, I, I mentioned this over and over and over again. The teams that we respected had – a schematical plan where they wanted to kind of play chess. And if you covered this way, then they were going to throw those routes. They're going to run. If you stop this run, then something else is open. You can't basically stop everything. So you, you set up the defense with a certain style of, of, you know, calling certain plays. It's just like, hey, well, let's throw a speed screen. Oh, hey, let's throw a bubble screen. Oh, let's hand it off to Foreman. Oh, for a one-yard, you know, dive up the middle. It's, it's, it's. Like I said, I've had enough. I've seen enough. Three one two nine eight one. Nice call. Seven two zero zero. The number. Let's go back out to the phones and let's go to Austin, Texas, and say hi to Robert. Robert, you're up with Hampton OB. Go ahead. Yeah, good evening. Thank you for taking my call. I had a chance to listen uh, briefly to the pregame show, and I just really appreciate. Uh, Dan and Ed, your passion for the Bears, wanting the Bears to be successful and win, and one can only hope that that passion can be inculcated into our management and coaching staff someday. <laughs> but uh, my, my comment is I noticed that Montez Sweat, our new $100 million defensive end, didn't have a sack tonight. And you know, in the bigger picture, and I think this was discussed a little bit last week, you know, I looked at his career stats. He averages seven sacks a year. And, you know, one would think for $100 million, that that type of salary would would require someone to be in the double digits every year. You know, almost Hall of Fame caliber. And uh, No question. And I think, and so, I just like to contrast that approach by polls with, you know, a, a former general manager of the Bears, Jim Finks, who was, Really a shrewd businessman and, and made a lot of good personnel decisions. I don't know if you remember Wally Chambers from the 70s with the Bears. Defensive tackle. Yes. He, uh, he was a number one draft pick of 73. Uh, he was defensive rookie in the year. He was all pro for five years straight. 1976, he was defensive player of the year. Uh, not defensive lineman of the year, but defensive player of the year. You know, he had 14 sacks. And if you look at tape of the guy, he was just awesome. I mean, he would he would uh, run through and around, you know, Hall of Fame guards like Gene Upshaw of the Raiders. But after 76, he hurt his knee in the Pro Bowl, and he got arthritis under his kneecap. He couldn't play anymore, and which was sad because he's a Hall of Fame caliber player. And uh, But Jim Finks uh, shrewdly negotiated a trade with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for a first-round draft pick for Wally Chambers 
and he got Bob uh, Moore a tight end also. And guess who Jim thinks drafted with that first-round draft pick uh, that he got for Wally Chambers? Dan Hampton. 1979. So that just showed, you know, he he totally outmaneuvered, you know, the Tampa Bay on that trade. And then Richard Dent's another example, uh, another Hall of Famer for the Bears. In 83, I remember reading that Bill Tobin had him ranked as the number one pass rusher in the draft out of Tennessee State. But uh, teams were wary of drafting him because he was light. I think he only weighed 225 pounds and Tobin did his research, and he found out that the reason he couldn't gain weight is he had problems with his teeth. And so they drafted him in the eighth round, and they got his teeth fixed. He put on 40 pounds and and became, you know, the rest is history, a Hall of Fame defensive end for the Bears. And that's right. what the Bears need. They Robert, need Robert, we, get, we, have, get, we have to get to the news here, but We have to get to the news. So uh, but thanks for your call. We, okay. we appreciate it. Good information. Uh, yeah, definitely good information. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Not to cut him short, but we got to get to the news. Third down and ten. Swallowed up at the two-yard line. Justin Jones comes in there. So the Bears have had a ton of trouble getting any sacks this season. Pick up on your fourth down and seventeen. Hammond will be sponsored by your local Chevy dealer, ChevyDriveChicago.com, courtesy of Amazon Prime on Thursday Night Football. 312-981-7200, the number. The Bears get the win, 16-13, to over the Carolina Panthers. That was uh, that could have been Justin Jones' best performance uh, of the year thus far. He hadn't done anything, but he actually he ran over a guard um, and put him on his back to get that sack. Uh, you know, everybody's talking about, oh, well, Montez Sweat, you know, make the other players, you know, realize, hey, we can do that too. Hey, the and, guy's been here two games. He hasn't done anything for $100 million. There you go. And at least Justin Jones showed up and made that play for sure. 312-981-7200. Back out of the phones. Let's go to Vlad. Vlad, you're up with Happen OB. Go ahead. Hey, how you guys doing today? Good. Yeah, man. Um... I'm very disappointed, man. I know wins a win and all, but like this is this was one of the worst games I watched in a very long time since that Bears and Browns game. I agree. I don't want to talk about that game. I don't want to talk about this game, but guys, sixty-seven penalties—that's the most in the league. Like, what, what, what are we doing? It's just en- enough's enough, man. I'm just—I'm tired of it. The play calling has to go with Getzy and Eberflus, man. I just we need the new regime in here, man. Like. uh the great day happened. Set Dan Hampton said, "Put on your big boy pants." Thank you guys. Thanks, Vlad. Well, and the feel, the sentiment is, you know, the same. I think from anyone that watched that game, and as Ob has been, you know, basically, you know, saying over and over again, you want two teams battle, and and there's one offensive touchdown throughout the night, but. That's, That's next to impossible. Well, it's you're exactly right. But, okay, our defense did enough good things to keep them from scoring a touchdown. But all that being said, it should not even have ever been this close. And we talked in the uh, the pregame that this is like a, a, a six-inch putt. Go out there, put them in a hole, get after them, and, and turn this thing into a laugher. And, no, we're, we're begging and scratching and, and pleading to get them stopped. You know, they go – Fourth down, they were three for three on fourth down that last drive. 
We had no answers. And by the grace of God, you know, Panero come up short on that field goal. Otherwise, we'd have to watch more of this nonsense. Well, I tell you, that I think the thing that if, if there's a, a, a glimmer of hope, and I mentioned this last week and I said it again today, uh, for us to win a game, okay, forget about running, passing, defense, everything. For us to win a game, there's three guys that have to be involved. And I mentioned before, D.J. Moore, Cole Komet, and Darnell Mooney. Now, between the three of them today, they've caught a total of 12 passes for 117 yards. If they don't do that, if Moore doesn't do what he did today and Cole Komet do what he did and and Mooney making a critical first down pass receiving, we don't win this game today. Those three guys, I would give them the credit for winning the game. And for us to win, if we go to Detroit, wherever we go, those three people have to be involved quarter to quarter to quarter and catching balls and scoring touchdowns and converting on on third down situations. Yeah. DJ Moore, Cole Komet, and Darnell Mooney. Again, 12 passes between them for 117. They don't do that. We don't even score a touchdown tonight. We don't score a touchdown. That Mooney catch, one of our Muller Auto Group game-changing moments. Sponsored by the Muller family of dealerships in Hoffman Estates, Gurney, Highland Park, and Merrillville. Back out of the phones we go. 312-981-7200. Let's add to Steve in Orland Park. You're up with Hampton OB. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, I have two comments. One, I hope uh, Tyson Badgett leaves the Bears. I think he'll have a better, bigger, and brighter future than he does with the Bears. And number two, this Nate uh, Davis. He he hasn't played, I don't know how long, $30 million, people. $30 million. Is there no protection for the owner, or does he just sign checks? I mean, he should not have to deal with these kind of players. That that's Steve. That's a that's a great call. I told Dan that does anybody know what the kid looks like? Has anybody seen him? How in God can you sign this kid and give him that kind of money and he's nowhere to be found? He's invisible. How is that possible? And, and you had the the line of the night when you said, "What's the matter with him?" And Andy said, "A high ankle sprain." <laughs> and you said. How high? His brain? <laughs> Look, folks, you know, your point about Bajan, Bajan has now started four games. He uh, he did not turn the ball over tonight. Obviously, that was huge in the final outcome. All that being said, think about this. We have to go on the road and play the Detroit Lions next week. I believe I think they're going to beat the Chargers this weekend, and we'll see what happens. But all that being said, the elephant in the room is Justin Fields will be starting. And now he not only has to outplay Bajant, and we all have eyes and we can see what we're going to see. But not only does he have to outplay outperform Bajan to keep his so-called QB1 status on this football team. But he also, in a big-picture way, he needs to be 
you know, able to elevate his game and 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 play as well as some of the other comps, the other quarterbacks that were first-rounders. Think about this, C.J. Stroud, far and away playing better than we've ever seen Justin Fields. Uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, Jordan Love up in Green Bay. He needs to be able to perform so much better than what we have seen thus far out of his, you know, career of, you know, mostly uh, what almost two and a half years. His career completion percentage is 60.1. He's averaging about 170 yards passing a game. He's got 35 touchdowns. 27 interceptions. He's got one, OB, one career 300-yard passing game. One. And he is 6-25 and 25 as a starter. Now, I don't want to, you know, it's not apples to apples, but Bajan is 2-2 two and two now as a starter. So there's going to be a lot of eyes on what Justin Fields does next week. Now, that being said, look at the offense and the plays that – were called the the last couple of weeks for Tyson Bajit. And he's going to be put in the same offense. It's going to be very, very interesting to see what we see. Well, Danny, this, okay, we played what? Ten games so far, correct? We're three victories and seven defeats. And, and, and tonight was, to me, this, even though we won the game and we don't win too many games, even though we won the game, I'm still like, what? We, and, and, and we have 26 coaches right now, 26. Two have been fired, gone, quit, or whatever, for whatever the reasons are. I don't know, and I don't care. They're gone. We have 26 coaches. And we played a team that has won one game. And you mean to tell me, that half of the 26, let's say, are offensive coaches. You guys couldn't come up with a game plan to score touchdowns in four quarters of football against probably the worst team in the National Football League, and we're at home? We're at home? We're not playing in Carolina. And it comes down to the last minute, the last seconds of the game for us to Maybe finally make sure, yeah, oh, well, we're going to win it with 30 seconds to go. I find that laughable. I find it disgusting. And I'm going to tell you what. And, 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 the, and the reason why these, these kids out there, they're playing their hearts out, but they're also getting paid millions and millions of dollars to play 17 games. You got a coaching staff making millions and millions of dollars. And that's what bothers the hell out of me. And when I see these people making this kind of money, and you mean to tell me in the 10th game, you only score one touchdown against the worst team in the National Football League, and you're at home, and we're supposed to be happy? Give me a break. Have it'll be continues in just a moment. We'll see where it is this week. We'll see where it is. It's a big week to make that evaluation, you know, so we'll see where it is. And when Justin's healthy, he'll be our starter, and, and we'll see where it goes. Have it'll be sponsored by your local Chevy dealer, ChevyDriveChicago.com. Put a Chevy Silverado in your toolbox. The words of head coach Matt Eberflus, he's been pretty consistent about this, that uh, if Justin Fields is ready to go next week, or uh, actually in 10 days, 
uh, he will be the starter. And uh, you'd have to think that with 10 days of prep now, with the fact that he was close this week, that he will be starting in that game against the Lions. No, book it. He, he, you know, he not only will start, but I think he has to start. Uh, if he doesn't, then you're going to start saying, okay, how, how long does it take for you know, uh, your, your thumb to come back? I know – Nobody likes Aaron Rodgers, but I think Aaron Rodgers played with the same injury and didn't miss very much time at all. Maybe the, not even a game. The one thing that I'm getting a hard having a hard time here with this game, Danny, going back to this game here that just finished, is is the Carolina Panthers, uh, and and we're at home, and and boy, I'll tell you what, I, I I'm absolutely mystified. At their quarterback, their number one draft pick. Why that kid never? T- I don't think he ran. Maybe maybe he ran like one time or tried or maybe two. But there were so many times, Dan, where he could have taken off and he hell he'd still be running, and he never ran, and he did that for four quarters. I never could understand that. Well, what it, is what what the, is going on? Well, the, Why isn't this kid taking off and running with that football? The the very first series, on third down, he didn't see anybody, and he bro- took the ball, brought it down, and ran for a first down. A couple more plays, and then he ran again, and then he got whacked. And I think, you know, Frank Reich told him on the sidelines, don't be doing that no more. We don't want you to be knocked out of the game. So, evidently, that's kind of the way they were playing it. But to Frank Boy, Reich's, I hope you're wrong about that, well, Dan. Frank Reich told the broadcast crew, you know, in their meeting – that he knew that he was coming in on the short end of the stick, and for them not to make those critical mistakes, interceptions, fumbles, all that, try to stay somewhere in the game and try to win it at the end of the game, you know, in the fourth quarter. And you know what? They damn near did it. Well, they also damn near didn't do a lot of other things, of which played four quarters of football and offensively, from four quarters, never scored a touchdown. Now you got you know how hard you got to work at that to not score a touchdown somehow. I mean, forget about the punt return for the. I'm not talking. I'm talking offensively. Their offensive sets, series after series, quarter after quarter, and you can't score a touchdown against the Bears, who have only won two games, and you have only won one. Are you kidding? And you can't can't score a touchdown? You don't let your quarterback run? What kind of football game is this that we watched tonight? Very strange to me, folks. Very, very strange what went on with that game tonight. 16-13, Bears the win. Let's get to the phones again. And uh, 312-981-7200 to Elmhurst and Rob. Rob, you're up with Hampton OB. Go ahead. Hey, guys. How are you? You guys got the... Best post-game show. I love you both. You know, I, I've been Thank thinking you. about stuff that, you know, I'm spoiled. I grew up in the 80s. And, Danimal, you were one of the key figures of the 46 defense that Buddy created. Eberflus allegedly is a defensive genius. And yet, unless I'm wrong, it seemed like the box was left empty the entire game as usual. Where's the... the Emotion, where's the adrenaline, where's the attack to go get these guys? It's pathetic. And they think, you know, okay, we bring in Montez Sweat, pay him an insane amount of money, 
uh, we need more help on the offensive line, and we need better players than just partial guys. I mean, it's it's I'm as frustrated as you guys are, and it's been too long. Thanks, Rob. We appreciate uh, it. Very good call. You know, folks, in the fourth quarter, the Panthers kind of got something going. And if you think back, it was essentially Bryce Young dropping back and then finding receivers right over the middle. In fact, Jack Sanborn kind of was up at the line mug and then bailed out and almost got a pick when he threw it right at him. But essentially, Bryce Young was trying to throw the ball right there, right there in the middle part of the field, the grid. And they were moving it, you know, right down the field, completion after completion. And when that happens, essentially what you want your defensive line to do is to collapse the pocket back into the quarterback's lap. Unfortunately, we were too stupid with our rushes to know that, you know, that is the way you can combat that. Because those crossing routes, it's just hard to cover. you got to be able to collapse that pocket back in the quarterback's face. And we were running a bunch of simpleton stunts where they were creating big voids, and Bryce Young was just stepping one way or the other and making the completion. You have got to be smart enough to realize that and get a better performance out of the defensive line, which, of course, we didn't get. Hampton OB, sponsored by your local Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com. we got to take a break for the news here. We will come back. We'll hear from head coach Matt Eberflus, also from Tyson Bajan, and perhaps uh, some other players from the uh, locker room as well. For the Bears went 16 to 13. Time now for the news at 11:30 with David Jennings. Chevy dealers. Dan Hampton's defensive player of the game. Assignment, detail, and just being able to lock in and uh, and keen to put myself in that position to make those plays and affect the QB and mess with his head and all that stuff. So just preparation. And just playing the game, learning, and just, uh, you know, attacking attacking their offense and uh, messing them up. Dan Hampton's defensive player of the game, sponsored by your local Chevy dealers and the Chevy Silverado, official truck partner of the Chicago Bears. That was Kyler Gordon after the game. He had uh, eight total tackles. Seven of them were solo. He had a couple of tackles for loss and one pass defense. So Kyler Gordon is the defensive player of the game. And, you know, he's been back, what, three weeks now? And Mm -hmm. and he's gotten better every single game. And if you look at his, you know, career arc, he's getting better and better. He was easily the best defensive player on the field tonight, both sides. Well, apparently there must have been an awful lot of great defensive players out there tonight. You know, folks, just going back to it, I I can't believe how lousy this game was. The Bears had 70 offensive plays. 70. 70. Their opponents had 57. 57 plays for a total of 127 plays. That's offensive plays, folks. Okay? 127. One touchdown. One touchdown was scored today. Tonight. One touchdown between these two teams. Yeah, offensively there was one, and then the the punt return. So there was. Well, I'm yeah, not. Yeah, yeah I know. I just that, wanted to clarify. Yeah, that's a that's a special teams. No, but that you, I mean, 127 times 70 by them. I mean, 50 70 by us. 57 times 127, and one touchdown scored. And guys are going to feel happy about a, a victory. Feel happy about a win. 
when now you've got three wins and the other team's got one? What up? Oh, Jesus. It's not good. And, you know, obviously as you look ahead, 10 days we go to Detroit, and we're going to have a change of quarterback, Justin Fields. In all probability, we'll start. Now, we talked about this, you know, 70 plays, we score one touchdown tonight. He's got to be real excited about the game plan coming up, right? <laughs> uh, you know, your, your point about the team being excited about winning. And, okay, a win is a win. And, okay, it counts the same whether it was three points or 30. But the, the, and I congratulate him. Hey, listen, you won. Congratulations. All that being said. But then there's a word called reality. Well, the reality is we've got some type of emotional dysfunction because it shouldn't be enough. And it shouldn't be a reason to celebrate. It should be kind of a, a catalyst to say, okay, we tasted a little victory here. Now, the most important thing is to feel that same, you know, emotion after the game we play in 10 days in Detroit. Unfortunately, we haven't, we haven't seen a team be able to respond and be able to kind of have that overarching attitude that says, hey, Okay, we we won, but we didn't play our best game. For whatever reason, you could tell from the beginning, the way we covered the very first punt of the game. We go half blank all the way down there and fall around, and this nobody who was here, by the way, you people remember yeah. Smith uh, Marcet? Yeah, he's the he one that gave the ball away and, in Minnesota. blew the Minnesota game yep. with a couple of fumbles. Anyway... Let this guy, what, go 79 yards for a touchdown. Now, when you give up – by the way, Carolina has not had a kick return for a touchdown since 2016. Think about that. They still had a quarterback back then. Remember uh, – yeah, Cam Newton. Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how long ago – and and so it's not like they're at some kind of a dynamo. No, we were half-blanking it down the field. And that is a great indication of what type of emotional peak you've gotten yourself to, to be ready to play or not be ready to play. And I knew at that moment, I knew at that moment, this thing was going to go sideways. And by the grace of God, you know, a kick comes up a few yards short. Otherwise, we're in overtime. And I wrote down on my paper, Andy, I said, I'm not even going to think about losing this game. I'm not even going to think about you know, the, the the ramifications if the Bears lose at home to this team that couldn't even win a game in the USFL. Danny. So I, I'm, I'm just saying, the whole thing from start to finish was putrid. And again, it's about the, the, the team. And I'm looking for leaders. Who's the leader on that team? Who is going to be unhappy about the way they embarrass themselves? Well, Dan- Nobody, as far as I can tell. Yeah, I'm going to tell you what. You got the third quarter, what was it, roughly around 6.33. We scored a touchdown, and we're, it's a two-point game. And why Eberflus did not try to go for the two-point conversion, and he kicked the extra point. And that could have come back to, I'm bite us right in the backside, Danny, if that, that very well could have happened tonight. Right. Very well. Why he didn't go for two points to make it a three-point game, I have absolutely no idea. And that was with 6.33 in the third quarter. 
and you don't even try? You don't try to go for two points and make it a three-point game because you're just going back and forth. You know, it's not like we're scoring touchdowns every time, every time they got the ball. Nobody's scoring. You score, but you don't go for the two points. And lucky, it did not come back to bite Eberflus right square on his damn nose. Well, if you, and we've talked about it all night, as dysfunctional as the offense was, 71 plays, we score one single miserable touchdown. Maybe he's thinking, oh, my God, I can't expect them to score the two-point conversion because we've been so awful at everything else. So, just, you know, 70% of the coaches would have done it. That's what that's what the book says. Go for two, but he opted out of it. So in the in the long run, okay, it it, it didn't bite us, but... He's lucky it didn't come back yep. to bite him. And I'll tell you, if that would have happened, I'll tell you what, every outlet in the country here, especially in the Midwest, they'd have been all over Eberflus. Here's something to think about, too. I mean, players are expected to show signs of progression and evolvement, and they're supposed to get better week this to week. This is our 10th game, man. No, I understand that. But and we, we score one touchdown. My, my, no, I'm disagreeing no, with you. No, my point is not that. My point is the fact that why shouldn't we expect the coaching staff to do the same thing, and why shouldn't we expect the head coach to evolve with his team and understand what his team is and adapt to what he's got rather than trying to force these round holes, round pegs into, the, into square holes? It's it's been almost two years now. Well, that has been the case with you know the the play calls and how it suits the quarterback, whichever quarterback was on the field at the time. We talked about uh, tonight about getting the quarterback out of the bay, and we did a lot more of that tonight. It wasn't a huge success. But the big part of that was OB. It right. wasn't a catastrophe right. play. They bootlegged out. Uh, play action bootleg. Yes, I saw it and they did it. Kudos for that. Right. But, and even though it didn't eventuate into a lot of big plays, big chunk plays, but it did avoid the strip sack or the quarterback being mauled in the, in the pocket or throwing up a prayer that would have been intercepted and which probably would have been doomed. 16-13, the Bears end up winning the game over the Carolina Panthers. More coming up on Happen OB here in just a second. We'll have Kevin Powell, who took in the game in person there in the Soldier Field press box. He'll tell us what was going on in the locker room after the game as well. He's really starting to free guys up, you know, which is what a good rusher does. He really starts to free guys up on the inside, on the other side, you know, because he draws attention. And, uh, you know, just the way he rushes. And, again, I think his impact is going to be more and more as we go. Capital B sponsored by your local Chevy dealer, ChevyDriveChicago.com. Matt Eberflus talking about Montez Sweat, who today was uh, given credit for three quarterback hits, and that was pretty much the night. Right. He basically in two games hasn't done a damn thing. I got to tell you, I'm underimpressed. And, and here's the thing, folks. The true essence of a, a, a great defensive lineman is beating a blocker one-on-one, not once, not twice, Three out of four times, play after play after play. His two hits on the quarterback, I saw. One, they turned him loose, and he hit Bryce Young down close to the goal line. On another play, a few a series before, they had a tight end kind of stun him, and then the tight end releases to go out, and he ran you know, on into the pocket and got to Young and forced a, a, you know, an errant throw. When he was locked up on the right tackle or the left tackle, 
play after play after play. He'd just run right into the guy, get locked up, and start hand fighting all that nonsense. It was pathetic. And I got to tell you, if that's what we're going to see, this was a bust. This was a bust. I did not, you know, Eberflus wants to, you know, throw kudos at everybody. I'm telling you what the, the, the meat and potatoes of pro football is about. It's about whipping somebody's ass at the line of scrimmage when you're one-on-one. I didn't see it one time. All right, our Kevin Powell was out at the football game tonight, and he was in the locker room as well, KP. Uh, we're kind of talking about a win, feel, not really feeling like a win here tonight. Is that kind of what the sense you got? Yeah, I mean, they weren't overly celebrating this victory. I mean, it's a three-point win over maybe the worst team in the NFL, 16-13 at home. I, I, I'm I'm with, with Hamp there. I mean, we want to see more splash plays from a guy they traded a high second-round pick to Washington for and gave him a whole bunch of money. But it was good to see three sacks. I mean, they only had 10 going into this game. Um, so I thought that was uh, good to see. But I think overall the message from – just about everybody we talked to was that, no, it was it was not a pretty victory, but it is a victory, and it's just the sixth win overall under Matt Eberflus. So a win is a win. It was not a pretty one, and uh, I don't think they were overly excited about the victory against Carolina in this one. But at home in primetime, it, it was it was ugly at times. But uh, And I thought Tyson Bajan, I'm not sure what you guys thought. I didn't think he saw the field all that well great tonight. But he didn't take a sack. He didn't turn the ball over Hamp. I know we even talked about this a little bit before the game. That's a guy, again, we know the story, right? Playing D2 football last year, it's just his fourth start. No turnovers, no sacks. He did enough in this one, but you would have liked to see the Bears pull away at some point against, again, a one-win Carolina Panthers team. Well, well no, Go ahead. Owen. No, you know the thing that just uh, I, I have uh, – a hard time uh, getting past it is in the 60 minutes of football, the 60 minutes of football tonight, we come up with one offensive touchdown against the worst team. I mean, there's nothing to even argue about. Against the worst team in the National Football League, and we're at home, we're at home on a nationally televised game, and we can only score one touchdown. I have a problem yeah. with that. You know, Kevin, you, you mentioned that obviously OB and I are, are big proponents of stretching defenses, throwing it down the field all night. We saw the, the tunnel screen, the speed screen, all that nonsense. Obviously, Carolina was ready for it and continued to kind of, you know, stomp it out. A couple of the shots that Bajent did throw down the field, they were they weren't good good balls, were they? One was out of bounds to Moore, and then another one to Mooney. I think Mooney essentially became a defender and tried to make sure it wasn't intercepted. Yeah, no, and I think when they watch the film too, they're going to see some shots that Tyson Bajent didn't take down the field, and. It, you know, it's funny because last week he was he was very aggressive, right? He looked confident. He was making throws. It, it ended up costing him turnovers and interceptions and all those things. So I don't know. Maybe that factored in a little bit tonight in his play because he did look a little bit reluctant to take some of those shots. I, I completely agree, Hamp. When he did it, 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 it just didn't seem like the right time to take those shots. But th- there were a couple of opportunities, and whether it was because there was pressure in his face or whatever, uh, he didn't get the ball down the field. But – 
Yeah, I mean, overall, this offense just really wasn't sustaining drives and putting explosive plays together. Uh, but credit to the defense, right? They gave up a grand total of uh, six points. Special teams gave up that touchdown. When I saw that, I was like, oh, boy, they, they might find, find another way to lose, lose a game. But, um, you know, I, and, and we did ask Matt Eberflus after the game uh, if Justin will start against Detroit a week from Sunday. I mean, it's, it's what, nine days away now. And, you know, it, not surprisingly, he didn't commit. He just said, we'll see when Justin is healthy, he will be the starter. I think all of us are anticipating Justin Fields to start against Detroit in a week and a half or so, considering there was a chance he might even play in this one. So I think the offense in this game looks a whole lot different with Justin Fields on the field. And, you know, again, credit to Tyson Bajan. He went 2-2 two and two over four games. But Justin Fields adds that explosive element to the offense that was clearly lacking uh, tonight. I did like uh, seeing them go to D.J. Moore early and often. The first play of the game went to D.J. Moore. He's playing his former team. He's probably your best player on the entire team. He knows how to make plays. Um, but they, they did just, they lacked, you know, sustained drives, getting first down, explosive plays, things like that. Again, it was winning ugly tonight. And again, we would have liked to see them pull away, but it's a team that has not found ways to win. They have found ways to lose over the past two years. And they, they found a way to do enough to get a victory over the one win Panthers. Well, Kevin, the way I see it offensively and, and, uh, and obviously again, I know you, this is a passing league. That's just the way it is. And for us to be a successful team, I, I don't care who's that quarterback, who you have in there, D.J. Moore, Cole Komet, and Darnell Mooney, they have to be our three pinpoints that we go to quarter after quarter after quarter, game after game after game. If we can go from game to game, hit these three guys, we're going to win more than we're going to lose. Now, we had between the three of them, they had 12 receptions for 117 yards. If we don't have that tonight, we don't win this game because, again, we only scored one touchdown. But Moore, Komet, and Mooney, if we hit them from game after game after game, we're going to have a chance to win a game, any game. But if we don't, we're going to lose. You know, Kevin, real quick, did any of the uh, defensive players come up with some kind of a meal couple about how they get Carolina in first and 30 and they wind up giving them, you know, up a first down out of that? Uh, That one was frustrating. Um, They didn't go into detail about that, Ham. But this is a team that's been prone to mistakes over and over and over again, whether it's penalties. They, they were trying to kneel the ball in the, in the final play, and they committed a false start. I was like, you got to be kidding me. So um, they didn't go to detail half a ton on that one, but it's a team that just makes way too many mistakes. Fortunately, they found a way tonight, but they've obviously got a, a, a lot of ground to make up. And I – and, guys, again, the Tyson Bajan story, great. I think he's done a solid job over four games, all things considered. But I cannot wait to see Justin Fields back out there. Um, because, one, we we all know, right, we want to evaluate Fields more. We want to see what he can do on the field. But he does bring a totally different explosive element to the offense. And I do fully expect Fields to be starting against Detroit in a week and a half. Kevin, the one thing that goes against what you just said, this is his third year here. Yeah. This is his third year. How many games has he won? And each year, his first three years, because he runs, 
He's been hurt. He's not there for the 16 games when it was a 16-game schedule. We're running with the ball. He's hurt. When he goes to the 17th game, he's hurt again. Three years, he's been hurt. Uh, oh well. No, no, I'm with you, Ob. I mean, he's got to do a better job of protecting himself, and they've got to do a better job of protecting him. So I, you know, and that injury, that thumb injury that he sustained four weeks ago, whatever it was, part of that was Fields not getting rid of the ball. You know, he on that play, he hung on to it a little bit too long, took the shot from behind, and then fell on his hand awkwardly. So. Yeah, I mean, that that's a huge part of it is protecting Fields and seeing what they got. And, and again, I love the Bajan story. No matter what Fields looks like over the final uh, seven games or so here, I think they've got something in Bajan. I don't know if it's a long-term solution or anything, but I, he's been, you know, all things considered, pretty pretty impressive over the four starts, all right, Kev, in my opinion. Kev, thanks so much. We appreciate you taking the time. Thanks, Kev. All right, guys. All, all right. right, thanks, guys. All right, have a safe trip home. Kevin Powell joining us here. Going out with a win is obviously fantastic for, for the team. And, yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't know if this is it. You know, nothing really changes for me with, you know, the preparation, how I'm attack every week. But, you know, learn that it's really hard to win in the NFL. So appreciate all, all the wins. And just really I appreciate the team, you know, staff and player included. They've all rallied behind me extremely well. And, you know, always, you know, I never had a doubt for a second that they all have my back. That's Tyson Bajan. Could be his last start. Expect Justin Fields probably to be back next week. Camp and OB, sponsored by your local Chevy dealer, ChevyDriveChicago.com. Andy, Justin Fields, if he comes back, he's going to run. All right? That's what he likes to do. And guess what's going to happen? I told you this from day one with this kid. <laughs> it's just a matter of time. He's going to get cranked again. All right, guys, time now for the uh, Curveball Whiskey Bonehead Play of the Game. It is sponsored by our good friends at Curveball the original barbecue whiskey. Join the Bonehead Nation today at CurveballWhiskey.com. All right, who wants to go first? Obi, you want to go first? No, go ahead. Dan. All right, Dan. All right, late in the fourth quarter, it was fourth and I think three or four, and Iberflus dials up a blitz, and it's imperative that everybody knows where to go. There's gaps between the guard, center, tackle. Everybody has a gap. And T.J. Edwards blitzed right up the back of a defensive tackle, creating a big void. Bryce Young threw it for a completion. Well, my bonehead is uh, play is Bryce Young also. And my bonehead play is I could not understand. For four quarters, he had I couldn't count the opportunities where he should have taken off and should have ran with the football. I mean, there were gaps when he dropped back to pass. There, everybody was covered where he could have taken off, and he'd still be running. And so, my bonehead play is basically for four quarters. Why did Bryce Young not run that football? Boy, that's something I like to ask that coach or ask somebody in that organization. And you could see it. I mean, you see where he wanted to go, but he didn't run. He did not run. And I, I. I find that hard to believe. But oh, anyways. But you could ask the quarterback coach. Who is the quarterback coach for the Carolina Panthers? <laughs> Who's you have to look it up, coach? too. Yeah. Guess who it is? Have no idea. It's Josh McCown. The quarterback that we had here back when Cutler was. Josh McCown? McCown. Josh oh, McCown. McCown. That yeah. kid? Mm-hmm. He was on the sidelines talking to Bryce Young, yeah. That's the guy. He's quarterback coach. So Bryce Young decided to sip it rather than flip it tonight is what you're saying. Yeah. Well, let's let's hear what our uh, 
beloved head coach has to say. We're going to get to that right after the break. We're going to hear from Matt Eberflus. I want to remind you, though, that you can fuel up for the Bears' next game. It's sponsored by Mariano's, where you can save up to $2 a gallon by saving Mariano's fuel points. Take your money and mileage farther with Mariano's. That'll be Sunday, the 19th of November, so a mini, a mini buy here, 10, game, or 10 days, that is. The Bears will be at Detroit on Sunday, November 19th. It's a 12 o'clock kick, and that means our pregame show will come on at 11 a.m. on that Sunday. So, uh, again, 10 days from today, the Bears in a division game against the Detroit Lions at Ford Field. Hampton will be a sponsor by your local Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com. When we come back, we'll hear from the head coach, Matt Eberflus. Bears win at 16-13 to 13 here on 720 WGN. Now back to the Camp and OB Show, sponsored by your local Chevy dealers. Camp and OB sponsored by those local Chevy dealers, ChevyDriveChicago.com. Put a Chevy Silverado in your toolbox. Let's head out to Soldier Field and get the thoughts of the head coach, Matt Eberflus. Okay, happy for the guys uh, in the locker room. Uh, they are uh, excited to win this game. Um, you know, go two and zero on Thursday night. Uh, that was a big emphasis this week, and the guys did a nice job uh, with with the course of the game. I wanted to thank the Bears fans again. Uh, they do a great job uh, with our uh, being on third down, getting loud when they're supposed to, and it's uh, really an advantage uh, for us. Um, on defense, you know, and uh, when we get to third down there, so they did a really good job there. Um, you know, so well, with the game, I, I really thought that uh, we played some good complimentary football. Um, I really thought that the defense did a really good job of, of creating some short fields um, for our offense um, most of the day, and that was good. We capitalized on some of them. It was that kind of game. Kind of game. Uh, both defenses played well today. And uh, we knew it was going to be a lot, uh, some field goals there as the game went on. And uh, I thought that overall, um, you know, uh, we handled it well and uh, put ourselves in position to win the game. I'm certainly proud of, uh, of the guys, the way they handled the uh, uh, end of the half. Uh, really did a good job with, uh, you know, uh, taking a two-minute down there with uh, Bajan. Did a really good job there. And, uh, you know, scoring a touchdown at the end there, so it was good. Um, you know, overall, the performances I thought were uh, – you know, I thought that uh, Kyler Gordon played really well. I thought the D-line played well. Uh, got some really good pressures. So we had three sacks. Um, I thought some guys made some clutch catches. You know, uh, we had the fourth down try with Scott. That was a heck of a catch. Um, you know, in there, Mooney sealed the game. I thought Cole made some really nice catches um, in there as well. Um, Deontay Foreman ran hard. I had a really good rushing average. I thought he did really did a nice job, too, of, of controlling the game and, and keeping it where it was. But, uh, um Overall, yeah, excited to win the game, and uh, guys are pumped uh, for the weekend. You know, the rest of the recovery weekend for us. Um, the guys have the weekend off, and they'll come back in on Monday and uh, ready to go uh, for the next uh, couple games. So with that, I'll put it to questions. Matt, when it was 10-9 and you all scored that touchdown on that Foreman touchdown, was there, what consideration was given to going for two? You make it a full seven points, and that wouldn't be initial course when they're trying to drive down the target. Yeah, you know, uh, we were just uh, wanted to stack the points up there. You know, really wanted to stack the points up there. It was uh, it's that type of game. You know, we, we thought that our defense was playing really well and we know it was going to be a close game at the end. Matt, at halftime you told the broadcast that you had something up your sleeve. What, what were you anticipating? Did you get to everything that you wanted to get to in the second half? Uh, no. No, we didn't. Uh, but uh, we, we certainly, uh, you know, had a good plan uh, coming out there and uh, Again, it was a defensive game. 
this 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 weekend. Uh, I thought the guys uh, did a really nice job finishing the game the way we're supposed to, and uh, well, we did good. Did we see what was up your sleeve? Did you use it or? I don't know. What's up yours? <laughs> <laughs> What was the discussion like? No, I mean, there's really a decision there you have, right? You know, so if you decide to run, you know, at that time, then you're going to punt and pin, and they would have they would have had minute ten with no timeouts. You know, and, and hopefully on the ten yard line, if we if we punt it right, you know. So that was the idea there. Um, we liked the play call. You know, we liked the play call. We discussed it, and uh, we went for it. And we thought that it executed well. Moody made a beautiful catch, and you know he's one yard past the stick and sealed the game. So um, really good play call by Luke. Um, excellent execution uh, by the O line, the entire offense, and Moody on the catch and Beijing on the throw. No, nope, doesn't matter. No, he's he's done a good. Like I said before, he's done a really good job. You know, as a rookie, think about it. As a rookie quarterback, you know, he goes two and two, um, and uh, just you know coming coming into the NFL, you know, to operate an offense the way he did and, and to do a really good job and, and you know sound. What, what was really good today was that you know he's always done a really good job avoiding sacks. You know, um, throughout the course of the four games that he's played, but what he did well today was he didn't put the ball in harm's way and gave us a chance to win. Matt, on, on their last drive, what would you make of just kind of the back of the football? Really long time to get across the field. You guys kind of stiffened and, and forced it. Uh, really yeah, I mean, you know, those are, they were they were in a situation where they were four, they were going four downs. You know, so we knew that, um, and they had some good play designs uh, there. I thought, I thought that, uh, you know, obviously the third in inches. You know, we, we stop them there, then they go on fourth in inches. You know, that's a play everybody runs. But um, you know, then they got another another fourth down. I thought that was a good play design there. Um, so, you know, then we end up getting them to midfield, you know, and then they really just at that point, um, I'm thinking, you know, knock them out of field goal range and keep them out of field goal range uh, and don't make it a game. And our guys executed well. You know, so we uh, dialed up a couple pressures there. Um, and uh, and then the third down pressure was good. They were Jack almost made the interception. Um, I know he's upset about that. I already talked to him about it, but uh, um, he'll make that next time. And uh, But... Uh, then they missed the field goal. It was a long field goal, and, and uh, yep, did a nice shot. Are you expecting Justin back based on what you saw this week? You expecting him against Detroit? Yeah, we'll see where it is this week. We'll see where it is, um, and uh, it's a big week to make that evaluation. You know, so we'll see where it is, and when when Justin's healthy, he'll be our starter, and and we'll see where it goes. How close was he to being available today? Yeah, that's all I have right now. I don't have anything else. No, no more updates on it. That's all I have right now. That's where it is. Matt, second game with Montez, what did you make of his impact tonight? Yeah, he's really starting to free guys up, you know, which is what a good rusher does. You know, it really starts to free guys up on the inside, on the other side, you know, because he draws attention. And, uh, you know, just the way he rushes. And, again, I think his impact is going to be more and more as we go. Matt, on the uh, 79th yard punt uh, return for touchdown, how do you correct the lane integrity there? I know there's this tackle, but what else are the coaching points? Yeah, I mean, you know, you know Blackwell is just coming off. You know, uh, you know, from uh, you know, he's 21 day, and he's now playing for us again. And uh, he took a shot. You know, and we're okay with that. You know, it's just um, you got to just you know, right guys on the right, guys on the left. You got to keep it on their inside pad, and uh, you can't stack each other. And you know, I think I saw that on the on the on the picture. You know, so that's a big thing that you got to really correct. Um, but our guys know that we just got to execute better.
there was a there was a disconnect between Tyson and Tyler Scott on the third down. I can't remember what it was, but um, Tyler got really open in the secondary. And Tyson like he looked at it but went somewhere else. Uh, do you maybe want him to kind of pull the trigger on that, even if he's not necessarily seeing the guy all? Always, the quarterback pulled the trigger on a wide open guy down the field. Always. You know that's what we that's what we want him to do for sure. Um, I saw him too, and uh, I don't know what what Tyson I haven't talked to him yet about it, but uh, um, certainly, yeah, yeah, throw it. I'll just it's already asked, but what do you make of uh, Deontay Foreman's toughness? He gets dinged up a little bit, comes back in his second half. Yeah, he's always been that way. Deontay is a, a tough guy. Uh, he's a great person. Uh, he's a great teammate, and uh, he's always he always shows that that toughness. And you've been optimistic throughout the course of these two seasons. Uh, what's it like for you in locking these guys after a win and having this kind of feeling to work? Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. It's fun in there after a win, but it's, I'll just tell you this. It's fun to come to work every day um, throughout the entire time, you know, because the, the men we have in that locker room are unbelievable, you know, so they're, they're able to, you know, pull together, okay, and, uh, and really do a good job of executing during the week. And, uh, you know, if we do um, what it takes to win, uh, which is what we did today. You know, we'll we'll win more games, and uh, you know when you take care of the football, and you do a good job of that, and uh, you know play complimentary football as we did today at times, um, you're going to win some games. And defensively, what do you sense you guys did well to, to make Bryce uncomfortable really for the entirety of the night? Yeah, just mixing the coverages. You know, we had a good mix of coverages there that looked very similar to each other, um, and then when the when it's the ball snapped, it's not. It's not the same thing. So that's that's a, a, a good thing we did. You know, Eddie and, and Jaquan are really good disguisers um, of, of the coverages as, as well as the corners. Um, you know, they got a really good staff over there. Um, so it's, you know, it's obviously Frank's my friend, and I know he's he's seen us, so I know that uh, I just try to change it up a little bit based on our, our time together. But, uh, but, yeah, they do a good job of disguising in the back end. Pat, in the second half, it looked like you were doing the spoon-feeding motion, the go-eat to the pass rushers. Is, do you, were you letting them go rush more freely? You saw me doing this? I did, on the sideline. Oh. So is there... <laughs> I don't recall doing that. That's fine. Is, yeah. there, is there a certain mindset that you were you know, kind of trying to implore on them to pin their ears back and rush? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those guys, we want them to go and go get it. And uh, I didn't, you know, didn't do a lot of stunts or movements. You know, I did that mostly with some of the pressures, but... Um, yeah, just let them pin and go, and because uh, it, it was being effective, it really was effective. Not only in third down, it was effective also, you know, even in early downs. So uh, they did a good job. I know you got something up your sleeve too. No, but you. All right, he, he missed that, Jason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you and Frank are obviously very close. What was yeah. in both in terms of? Yeah, it, it was fun. You know, we always we enjoyed certainly going against each other in practice. You know, during training camp. You know, and uh, we've had many discussions about ball and about life and about our families. And but uh, it was it was really good to see him. Thank you. All right, all right. The coach Matt Eberflus after the Bears win at sixteen to thirteen over the Panthers to go to three and seven on the season. What'd you what'd you hear from that? Uh, you know, uh, there's an old saying in golf. Every shot makes somebody happy. <laughs> well, evidently, this win makes Matt Eberflus happy. Getting three wins is obviously better than the alternative. I, I, I just, you know, it, it. I grew up at a different time with different coaches that would look at something like we saw tonight and have, uh, you know, a, a completely different take. And 
I don't know. Maybe maybe th- that's his modus operandi, OB, that he thinks, hey, we just keep throwing the powder puffs at everybody, and, boy, they're just going to feel great and want to go to work every day and be happy and love going to work. And I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm just saying this team – this was this was not good tonight. Well, Danny, I, I I just listened to him, and he was talking about Sweet, our new hundred million dollar defensive end, and he was saying he made it easier for all the other guys on the defensive line. Coach, I'm not sure what game you were watching tonight, but your guy Sweet, your defensive end, was not double teamed. Okay, he never touched the quarterback. At least that I saw, he was not double teamed. So I don't know what you're talking about making it easier for the other guys. All right. That's going to wrap up our show tonight. We appreciate you uh, joining us here tonight and also for the phone calls earlier tonight as well. Bears win it 16-13 to 13 over the Panthers. Somebody wins some steak. Somebody wants some steaks tonight. They're 300 bucks tonight. worth of steaks. That's We're a beautiful, not, that's a beautiful thing. Happy. Like you said, in golf, it's like in steaks. You know, somebody's happy, right? Uh, so well, we, I got to go home and have curveball over the rocks. Yes. Are you going to sip it or flip tonight. it? Sip it or flip it. I'm going to sip it over the rocks. All right. That's what we want to (laughs) hear. We'll be back with you again in 10 days on the 19th of November. That'll be a 11 o'clock a.m. pregame show before the Bears take on the Detroit Lions.